0: Ingrave sentibus malis, encyclical of Pope Pius XI on the Rosary, to the venerable brethren, patriarchs, primates, archbishops, bishops, and other ordinaries in peace and communion with the Apostolic See. More than once have we asserted, and we recently repeat, repeated this in the encyclical letter Divini Redemptoris that there is no remedy for the ever-growing evils of our times, except a return to our Lord Jesus Christ and to his most holy precepts. Truly, only he hath the words of eternal life. See John chapter 6, verse 69. And individuals and society can only fall into immediate and miserable ruin if they ignore the majesty of God and repudiate his law. However, anyone who studies with diligence the records of the Catholic Church will easily recognize that the true patronage of the Virgin Mother of God is linked with all the annals of the Christian name. When in fact, errors everywhere diffused were bent upon rending the seamless robe of the Church and upon throwing the Catholic world into confusion, our fathers turned with confident soul to her alone who destroys all heresies in the world, and the victory won through her brought the return of tranquility. When the impious Mohammedan power, trusting in its powerful fleet and war-hardened armies, threatened the peoples of Europe with ruin and slavery, then, upon the suggestion of the sovereign pontiff, the protection of the Heavenly Mother was fervently implored, and the enemy was defeated and his ships sunk. Thus the faithful of every age, both in public misfortune and in private need, turn in supplication to Mary, the benignant, so that she may come to their aid and grant help and remedy against sorrows of body and soul. And never was her powerful aid hoped for in vain by those who besought it with pious and trustful prayer. But also in our day, dangers no less grave than in the past beset civil and religious society. In fact, because the supreme and eternal authority of God, which commands and forbids, is despised and completely repudiated by men, the result is that the consciousness of Christian duty is weakened, and that faith becomes tepid in souls or entirely lost, and his afterward effect ruins the very basis of human society. Thus, on the one hand, are seen citizens intent on an atrocious struggle among themselves, because some are provided with abundant riches, and others must gain bread for themselves and their dear ones by the sweat of their brows. Indeed, as we all know in some regions, the evil had reached such a pitch that it seeks to destroy all private right of property, so that everything might be shared in common. On the other hand, there are not lacking men who declare that they honor and exalt, above all, the power of the state." They say they must use every means to assure civil order and enforce authority, and pretend that only thus are they able totally to repulse the execrable theories of the communists. However, they despise the light of evangelical wisdom, and endeavor to revive the errors of the pagans and their way of life. To this is added the clever and lamentable sect of those who, denying and hating God, declaring themselves the enemies of the eternal, and who insinuate themselves everywhere. They discredit and uproot all religious belief from souls. Finally, they trample on every human and divine right. And while they cast scorn on the hope of heavenly reward, they incite men to seek, even by illicit means, false earthly happiness, and therefore drive them with brazen temerity to the dissolution of the social order, causing disorder, cruel rebellions, and evil, even the conflagration of civil war. Nevertheless, venerable brethren, though such great and numerous evils hang over us, and others still greater are to be feared for the future, we must not lose heart, nor let the confident hope that rests solely on God become fainter. He who made the nations of the earth for health, see Wisdom, Chapter 1, verse 14, without doubt will not let those perish whom he has redeemed with his precious blood, nor will he abandon his church. But rather, as we said in the beginning, shall we beseech God through the mediation of the Blessed Virgin, so acceptable to him, since to use the words of St. Bernard, such is the will of God, who has wished that we should have all things through Mary. Among the various supplications with which we successfully appeal to the Virgin Mother of God, the Holy Rosary, without doubt, occupies a special and distinct place. This prayer, which some call the Psalter of the Virgin or Brevery of the Gospel and of Christian life, was described and recommended by our predecessor of happy memory, Leo the Thirteenth, with these vigorous passages. Very admirable is this crown interwoven with the angelic salutation, which is interposed in the Sunday prayer, and unites with it the obligation of interior meditation. It is an excellent manner of prayer, and very useful for the attainment of a mortal life. And this can well be deduced from the very flowers that form this mystic garland. What prayers, in fact, can be found more adaptable and holy? The first is that which our divine Redeemer himself pronounced when his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. A very holy supplication which both offers us the way, as far as it is possible for us, to render glory to God, and also takes into account all the necessities of our body and soul. How can the Eternal Father, when prayed to with the very words of His Son, refuse to come to our aid? The other prayer is the angelic salutation, which begins with the eulogies of the Archangel Gabriel and of St. Elizabeth, and ends with that very pious supplication by which we beg the help of the Blessed Virgin, now and at the hour of our death. To these invocations said aloud, is added the contemplation of the sacred mysteries, through which they take place, as if they were, under our eyes, the joys and sorrows and triumphs of Jesus Christ and of his Mother, so that we receive relief and comfort in our sorrows. Following those most holy precepts, we ascend to the happiness of the heavenly country, by steps of ever higher virtue. This practice of piety, venerable brethren, admirably diffused by St. Dominic, not without the heavenly suggestion and inspiration of the Virgin Mother of God, is without doubt easy for all, even for the ignorant and the simple. But those wander from the path of truth who consider this devotion merely an annoying formula repeated with monotonous sing-song intonation, and refuse it as good only for children and silly women. In this regard, it is to be noted that both piety and love, though always renewing the same words, do not always repeat the same thing, but always express something new issuing from the intimate sentiment of devotion. And besides, this mode of prayer has the perfume of evangelical simplicity and requires humility of spirit. And if we disdain humility, as the Divine Redeemer teaches, it will be impossible for us to enter the heavenly kingdom. Amen, I say to you, unless you become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. See Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. Nevertheless, if... Men in our century, with its derisive pride, refused the Holy Rosary, there is an innumerable multitude of holy men of every age and every condition who have always held it dear. They have recited it with great devotion, and in every moment they have used it as a powerful weapon to put the demons to flight, to preserve the integrity of life, to acquire virtue more easily, and in a word to attain real peace among men. Nor are there lacking men famous as to doctrine and wisdom, who, although intensely occupied in scientific study and researches, never even for a day fail to pray fervently on bended knee, before the image of the virgin in this most pious form. Thus kings and princes, however burdened with most urgent occupation and affairs, made it their duty to recite the rosary. This mystic crown, then, not only is found in and glides through the hands of the poor, but, is all, but it also is honored by citizens of every social rank. And we do not wish here to pass over in silence the fact that the Blessed Virgin herself, even in our times, has solicitously recommended this manner of prayer, when she appeared and taught to it to the innocent girl in the grotto of lords. Therefore, why should we not hope for every grace if we supplicate our Heavenly Mother in this manner with due disposition and holiness? We desire very earnestly, venerable brethren, that the Holy Rosary should be recited in a special manner in the month of October, and with increased devotion both in churches and in homes. And so much the more must it be done since the enemies of the divine name, that is, those who have rebelled against and denied and scorned the eternal God, spread snares for the Catholic faith and the liberty due to the church, and finally rebel with insane efforts against divine and human rights to send mankind to ruin and perdition. Through efficacious recourse to the Virgin Mother of God, they may be finally bent and led to penance, and return to the straight path, trusting to the care and protection of Mary. The Holy Virgin, who once victoriously drove the terrible sect of the Albigenses from Christian countries, now suppliantly invoked by us, will turn aside the new errors, especially those of Communism, which reminds us in many ways, in its motives and misdeeds, of the Ancient Ones. And as in times of the Crusades, in all Europe there was raised one voice of the people, one supplication. So today, in all the world, the cities, and even the smallest villages, united with courage and strength, with filial and constant insistence, the people seek to obtain from the great Mother of God the defeat of the enemies of Christian and human civilization, to the end that true peace may shine again over tired and erring men. If then all will do this with due disposition... With great faith and with fervent piety, it is right to hope that, as in the past, so in our day, the Blessed Virgin will obtain from her Divine Son that the waves of the present tempest be calmed, and that a brilliant victory crown this rivalry of Christians in prayer. The Holy Rosary, besides not only serves admirably to overcome the enemies of God and religion, but is also a stimulus and spur to the practice of evangelical virtues, which it injects and cultivates in our souls. Above all, it nourishes the Catholic faith, which flourishes again by due meditation on the sacred mysteries, and raises minds to the truth revealed to us by God. Everyone can understand how salutary it is, especially in our times, wherein sometimes a certain annoyance of the things of the Spirit is felt even among the faithful, and a dislike, as it were, for the Christian doctrine. Therefore, revive the hope of immortal welfare, while the triumph of Jesus Christ and of his mother meditated on us by, in the last part of the rosary, shows us heaven open and invites us to the conquest of the eternal country. Thus, while an unbridled longing for the things of this earth has penetrated into the hearts of mortals, and each one more ardently longs for the short-lived riches and ephemeral pleasures, all feel a fruitful call back to the heavenly treasures, where thieves do not break in, and neither rust nor moth doth consume. See Matthew 12, verse 33 and to the wealth that will never perish. And the charity which has been weakened and cooled in many ways, how can it fail to be rekindled into love in the souls of those who recall with a full heart the tortures and death of our Redeemer, and the afflictions of his sorrowful mother? From this charity towards God, then, there cannot but rise a more intense love of one's neighbor, if one dwells on the labors and sorrows that our Lord suffered for all, reinstating that lost inheritance of the children of God. Therefore see to it, venerable brethren, that such a fruitful practice shall not be more diffused, more highly esteemed by all, and that common piety be increased. Through your work and that of priests who help you in the care of souls, its praises and advantages shall be preached, and repeated to the faithful of every class. From it the young will draw fresh energy, with which to control the rebellious tendencies to evil, and to preserve intact the stainless purity of the soul. Also in it, the old will again find repose, relief, and peace from their anxious cares. To those who devote themselves to Catholic action, may it be a spur to impel them to a more fervent and active work of apostolate. And to all those who suffer in any way, especially the dying, may it bring comfort and increase the hope of eternal happiness. The fathers and mothers of families particularly must give an example to their children, especially when, at sunset, they... "'Gather together after the day's work within the domestic walls "'and recite the holy rosary on bended knee before the image of the Virgin, "'together fusing voice, faith, and sentiment. "'This is a beautiful and salutary custom, "'from which certainly there cannot but be derived tranquility "'and abundance of heavenly gifts for the household. "'When very frequently we receive new married couples in audience "'and address paternal words to them, we give them rosaries.' We recommend these to them earnestly, and we exhort them, citing our own example, not to let even one day pass without saying the rosary, no matter how burdened they may be with many cares and labors. For these reasons, venerable brethren, we have thought fit earnestly to exhort you, and through you, all the faithful, to carry out this pious practice. Nor do we doubt that you, listening with your usual response to our paternal invitation, will bring about abundant fruits once more. And in addressing this encyclical to you, another motive impels us. We wish that, together with us, our many children in Jesus shall unite and render thanks to the Mother of God for the better health we have happily regained. This grace, as we have had occasion to write, we attribute to the special intercession of the Virgin of Lisieux, St. Therese of the Child Jesus, but we know, though, that everything that comes to us from Almighty God through the hands of Our Lady... And lastly, as there has been launched in the public press with rash insolence, a very grave injury to the Blessed Virgin, we cannot do less than profit by this occasion to offer, together with the Episcopate and the people of that nation which venerates Mary as Queen of the Kingdom of Poland, and with the homage of our piety, do reparation to the August Queen, and denounce to the whole world this sacrilege committed with impunity, as a painful and unworthy thing. Meanwhile, with a full heart, we impart to you, venerable brethren, and of the flock entrusted to the care of each of you, the apostolic blessing as an augury of heavenly graces, and in token to our paternal benevolence. Given at Castel Gandolfo, near Rome, on the 29th day of of the month of September, on the feast of the dedication of St. Michael the Archangel, in the year 1937, the 16th of our pontificate, Pope Pius XI.